Hey, y'all. Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and I'm so happy you're back with me for another episode. This week's episode, I actually have several guests instead of just one. Um, I wanted to just check in with my bros to see how they were doing because 2020 is doing the absolute most. And though we all are struggling as black folks right now, I know our black men are, are going through some battles that sometimes are unseen. So I wanted to just check in. So you all will hear from several of my friends to discuss how they're really feeling. Before we get into that, though, let's get into the next segment. Rocking with Bob. Who is Bob? Bob stands for Black Owned Businesses. And this week's highlight is Garner's Garden. Garner's Garden offers 100% natural skin, hair, and fluoride-free oral care. They offer worldwide shipping and have over 70 natural products in which 90% of them are vegan. So head over to garnersgarden.com to check out all of what they offer. And you can find them on Instagram at Garner's Garden. Grab you some mouthwash, tooth powder, soap, face wash, body balm, all kinds of stuff so that you too can be rocking with Bob. All right, y'all, let's unpack it. My first guest is Malijah Garfield, the director of the Black Cultural Center at the University of Utah. Let's check in with him. Welcome to Shades of Brown, Malijah. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. How about yourself? I'm it's do- good, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's, you know, it's kind of touch and go these days. I just wanted to check in with my bros, see how y'all are doing, give you a space to just talk about all that's going on and express yourself. So with all that's going on, when I first invited you for this, it was more so going to be about all of the racial injustices going on. But just last night, we found out that we lost one of our superheroes, Chadwick Boseman. So like, how are you really feeling? Mm. No one normally asks that question. How am I really feeling? Um, I'll put it short and sweet. I think the biggest thing right now of how I'm feeling is distraught, um, a little bit upset, mixed emotions, I would say. (laughs) Surprised, uh, I would say, is another emotion that I'm feeling right now. It's just surprised. And I think surprised over the entire year so far, like, so many things have happened this year, yeah. um, especially just in Utah, just so many things. But yeah. Yeah. 2020 has been the roughest, craziest, most challenging year I think any of us have ever experienced, both with all that's going on with individuals, but also what we're going through as a collective, as a national collective, as a black collective. It's like, it's just a lot. How have you been coping with these, with this year? What, what are your go-tos when it comes to dealing with your emotion? Do you just let it kind of fester? Do you hold it in? Or do you have a support group therapy or ball music? Like what, what's your go-to? Yeah, good question. Um, so my go-to is a couple different things. One, I think I try to make it a priority of going to therapy. Um, and actually seeing a therapist. So I see your therapist every, I would say two and a half weeks, usually roughly on end. Um, so I go to a therapist. I usually talk to um, a girlfriend or I also um, play video games, things of nature. I talk to some other fellows 
that work with me in my job. Um, but that's usually, it's usually communication, which helps me cope. Um, because I, I think if we, if I keep things bottled in, but also if anyone really keeps things bottled in, it's, it's bound to boil and then spill over the pot. <laughs> yeah. We don't want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that even though our culture is changing and shifting in a way that we are allowing for more in-depth conversation and we are allowing more spaces for our black men to feel, I think it's still challenging for y'all to, to be vulnerable, to be vulnerable. What are your thoughts on that and in, in how black men deal? Yeah. So, and this is a very unique perspective, but I think black men across this country and a lot of cases around the world, but specifically in this country, we face a unique challenge um, that most of what is prized about us as black men is usually our looks and our bodies, um, rather be our skin, rather be um, our body parts, rather be our lips or, you know, just our strong shoulders or whatever. Um, but rarely, Rarely, I think, particularly with Black men, is our intellect or emotional intelligence uh, prized. <laughs> and so we don't necessarily talk about that with Black men. Um, we don't necessarily try to ponder on that as far as in what we should be prizing, along with looks, along with our bodies. I mean, there's always good to be in good health. Um, and you don't necessarily, good health is a measurement deemed yeah. by other people. Um, but as far as in just intellect and emotional intelligence, yeah, I think that needs to be prized a little bit more. Um, and I think in this, especially in the United States, that we face a huge challenge with that black man. Yeah. Absolutely. With you, with you living in um, Utah, and I know you're not a native to Utah, you're a transplant from the East Coast. With you living in Utah, what has been different about your approach in dealing with things like racial injustice? Because, of course, it's always been here, right? But now, especially with it being heightened and with you living in a place that is more like a bubble, um, this white mm -hmm. bubble, with this white bubble, have you found that you have to navigate life a little bit differently as a Black man? Ooh, um, not necessarily as, believe it or not, living especially back home um, in Rochester, New York, compared to Utah, there was a little bit more restrictions actually in Rochester where uh, when I was growing up, we had stop and frisk. We had various other things that were going that was institutionalized. Here, it's more like <laughs> passive aggressive type things. And yes, people will call it police just as much as any, in New York, they'll call the police on you. But those things are really big, I would say. I say the unique challenge that I face here though is more so my job. Being the director of the Black Cultural Center um, at the University of Utah, I think I'm faced with the challenge of always being a face of Blackness all the time, 24-7. So rather than be like, hey, well, well, Elijah, what's your thoughts on this? Elijah, what's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on that? What's going on with this? Um, how do you feel about Utah and just Blackness overall? What is anti-Blackness? What is racial battle fatigue? What is all these different things and topics? And I, I mean, I don't mind because that's the part of my job. But I think with my job, I've had to take, um, I think my blackness is amplified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then normally I think in, in other professions, I mean, of course you can never really hide it entirely, but you can minimalize it in some instances, yeah. or at least you don't necessarily have to showcase it all the time. Yeah. But with my job, it's just like, yeah, it's everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dang. So then when do you decompress? <laughs> when do you just get to, when do you just get to be? Good question. I, like I said, the, the major things that I do to decompress is rather be therapy. I also do a thing called let's talk about it, um, which allows me to have just communication with strangers and talking like, Hey, like, what are your thoughts on just other, it doesn't have to be on race. What do you, I would love to talk about race. I I have, uh, I have a background in that particular topic is just, what's your thoughts on space? What's your thoughts on like futurism and, you know, all these different types of things. I would love to have conversations openly, meaningful conversations is my thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're like in that way. And I've I've um joined a couple of your um sessions with Let's Talk About It. Thank that's been one of the good things about um being in quarantine. An event that you used to have in public, you now have virtually. So now people out of state can join. And it is a really mm-hmm. cool space where we get to just, you know, relax, decompress, and talk about the most random things ever. <laughs> and it's great, a great <laughs> A great couple of hours to just just to just be. So yeah, I, I I love that so much. What what is your message to other black men right now? What would you tell your bros right now? Yeah, I would say, who the biggest message I I would say to other black men is like, find a space where you can thrive, um, and all that you are. Um, find a space that you can thrive. Find a space in which you are comfortable to be all 100% you. Because I think in spaces like Utah, especially being a black man, I would even say with black women as well, like we don't, we're not allowed to be our 100% self. (laughs) And so I think, especially in these times, especially no matter where you are in the country, try to find a space that allows you to be 100% 100 authentically you. Um, But on top of that, just being able to talk, talk to somebody. Um, therapy is definitely an option. Um, and if it's not therapy, create a space, create a space in which you can kind of, uh, talk with people about your thoughts and feelings. But yeah. I, I love that you're, you're promoting therapy for black men. It's something that's been taboo in our community for ages, but it's now beginning to be accepted. But I have found that black women are accepting it a, a bit quicker than black men. So mm-hmm. I so I love that you're saying it because I, I preach therapy all day, every day. I, 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 <laughs> I'll say it all, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. And I tell all of my black bros like, go to therapy, go to therapy, you know? It's funny though, because one of my friends, one of my best friends, I've been telling him to go to therapy like for forever. And it wasn't until another black man began to talk about therapy that he went. And mm. I realized how important it is that other black men are, are saying it because it's different coming mm-hmm. from, it's different coming from us, you know? So I appreciate you saying. Yeah. I would also say encouraging other black men as well to go into the profession. We need more black male therapists. <laughs> These are facts. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, you know, that, that's a huge thing in of itself as well. But um, yeah, definitely push that, that mental health is important. Um, I think all of the different types of health that we need, both mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, all those things need to be taken care of. You can't yeah. just because you take care of yourself um, physically, that doesn't mean that you're entirely healthy. You can be unhealthy in the mind. You could be unhealthy in the spirit. <laughs> and so making sure that you constantly work on all those different sectors of, yeah. of you 
hundred percent you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My last question, what can we do your sisters? What, what can we do to support our bros in a better way, in a more effective way? I would say encouraging them to cultivate spaces where other men like them can kind of gather. Um, encouraging them to like, hey, you should go hang out with your boys um, and creating a healthy environment. So it's not, I'm not talking about like the strip club or something, but like, <laughs> like create a healthy environment where they can kind of get together. I mean, it could be over a couple beers or something, but just really encourage them to ha- uh, create spaces for them to kind of thrive. Um, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing and help promoting um, wellness and well-being all along, not just physical, like, yeah, we want them to have the abs and the muscles and all that, but make sure that you're, uh, as our ladies, queens, make sure that they are promoting as far as in black men for them to have, um, take mental health seriously, take spiritual health seriously, take um, financial health seriously, um, all these different well-beings of ourselves, just pushing it. Yeah. Just pushing it, yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. And I will for sure uh, take in, take that into account and make sure I'm doing my part and continuing to encourage the Black men in my life. So thank you so much um, for taking time out to, to hop on this call with me. It was a last minute request, so I appreciate you accommodating me and coming on the Shades of Brown. And I hope to have you back. We've, we've got we've to gotta do something else. Because um, first of yes, all- Yes, we got to get- Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because first of all, you have a radio voice and I just want people to hear you talk more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also because um, you have so much to contribute to so many of the conversations I have. So yeah, we'll have to for sure get together and do something else. Yes. Well, I appreciate it dearly for allowing me to be on here and just share a few moments of your time. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate you sharing. And I just want you to know I love you. We love you. Your sisters love you. And we got you. And we are going to get through this together. Okay, we might be a little bit beat up, but we're going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. My next guest is Jay Remy Inspires of Atlanta, Georgia, who is an inspirational speaker, social media influencer, author, and owner of God is the Plug clothing brand. Let's check in with him. Welcome to Shades of Brown, Jay Remy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Allie B? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing pretty good. Thank you for being here. I wanted to take a moment to just check in with my bros and see how y'all are doing. So um, with all that's happening right now, with all of the craziness, tell me, how are you really doing? Oh, man, I'm doing terrible. I mean... <laughs> This point is <laughs> might as well sign me up to go off the cliff, man. It's 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 real life. Uh, nah, I mean, honestly, um, I am in a place where I am learning to cling to God in a very um, instrumental way. That I'm understanding now that it's 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 much deeper than just having a relationship with the Lord, just because it's what we should do, but it's literally our very livelihood at this point. And um, I've been doing that as a result of feeling uh, a lot of emotions. Um, The one I'm feeling right now is I'm feeling kind of numb. As of today, it is uh, when we're recording this Saturday, the 29th of uh, August and Mr. Chadwick um, just passed away. And I was just telling one of my friends, um, I honestly, I think my mind is getting to a place where it's starting to cut off some of the sensitivities 
because to actually feel everything happen in the world is just a little bit too overwhelming. And, you know, shout out to anybody who has to take medicine and therapy. I've never done therapy, but I, I'm hoping to be able to do it before this year is out because I feel like I need it. But to just not have to do some of these things, I think I'm, some part of me is trying to cut off some of my sensors. And I don't know if that's a healthy thing, um, but I do believe that is where I'm starting to get to because between all of the people dying and um, all of the racial tension, all of the division with uh, the election and uh, and the president and who's running for president, it's just a lot. It's honestly a lot on top of all the personal stuff, um, which you cannot talk about the personal and you're, but it's like even that stuff has now become personal. So it's just this, it's like a rubber band ball. My emotions feel like a big rubber band ball and it's just like, Woo! Can I breathe, please? Yeah, all of the things, all of that. I I completely understand what you mean when you say you don't know if that's a good thing that you're becoming desensitized, but we are straight up in survival mode. And and though I'm all about, you know, feeling your feelings, allowing, you know, yourself to sit in the moment, all those things, sometimes you gotta turn it off just to just to get through the day, you know? Mm-hmm. especially for deep feelers. I know you and I are that way. And I, so, yeah, I understand what you mean when you say all of what you said about dealing and coping. So um, what are what are some of the things you've been doing lately to cope, you know, t- to manage all of the all of the feels? Um, well, not trying to do a, uh, a plug in or whatnot, but with the following that I have on social media, um, for like ministry and whatnot, uh, praying and inspirational videos and stuff. I get reached out to a lot um, by a lot of people, like a lot of people daily um, asking for prayer and advice. I think I find myself leaning in on helping others. I do it because I love it, but I think I do have moments where it is kind of like my scapegoat to not focus too much on what I'm thinking or feeling. Um, that's not like often, but sometimes... I know it's for sure a thing that happens. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of pastors and ministers probably are guilty of that, whether they admit it or not, because it really becomes part of who you are. So it kind of, that's kind of a fulfilling thing. So you'll find yourself doing that. Um, also, I think on a more personal level, I mean, I've been working out very consistently. This is the most consistent I've ever been in the gym um, in my life. Uh, you know, some people are not okay with going to the gym and you no know, respect to you, but a guy told me the other day, he said, man, you in the gym with this Corona? And I said, well, if I don't go to the gym, that could kill me too. So um, <laughs> I'm going to hit this gym, my friend, and, and, and just be as safe as I can because it is helping me stay sane. And uh, I think lastly, it, what I, what I said before, um, just being very consistent uh, with just reading my word, but also I've been really fighting to reach a new level of transparency in prayer. I think the way how we live our life with people, a lot of times it's the same way our prayer life looks, right? So if you're prideful with people, you'll find yourself being prideful with God. If you're stubborn with people, you find yourself being stubborn with God. What that can look like on a, on a, on a practical level is, you know, I can be praying to God, Lord, I thank you for this day. And God, I just, well, God, I know you already know this, but so why did I have to say, I know you already know this? Why can I just say, exactly what I was feeling. And so I find myself really trying to just be very intentional in my prayer time to just let my heart just speak what it feels, what it really is, so he can pour back into me what I need in that place. Because although he can do it without it, I think it's, it's much more relational 
when it's like I'm giving it to him because it reflects trust and it reflects an intentionality and an effort that I think that um he appreciates. And so that is something I've been putting into practice a lot. And uh, just also, lastly, I said that was last, it's kind of one of the same. I try to, I try, I'm not always successful. I try to make sure I spend that time with him before I look at anything else on my phone. Now, it's not even though some like super spiritual, religious stuff. Like most times people preaching and be like, you need to put God first. Don't open no apps. Don't take somebody. That's great. But my personal reason is because I don't know what today's news is going to be. So I actually just want to spend time with him before I even find out what today's news is going to be. Because at this point, it's like, that time with him, I need it without today's news, you know, because it's always finding out today's news, then going to prayer. And it's like, it's kind of tainted, you know, and it's like, I actually would just love to be in that space with you without today's news yet. And so that's another thing I've been trying to put in practice. You're talking good, man. You're talking so, 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 so good. Those are all very great managing tools. We were talking about, you know, leaning into helping other people and, I think one of the things that's so beautiful about that is in times like these, two things we feel a lot is hopelessness and helplessness. It's like, what can I do? You know, what can I do? I want to literally save every black brown boy in this country, right? Like, I, how can I do that? You know, and the reality of me not being able to do that sometimes like just it grips me and it just places me in this most awful mood. So to help just somebody for anything sometimes feeds us and, and fuels us and builds our strength and, and gives us hope, right? That we can do something, yeah, yeah. that we can do something. So I'm happy that you said that. Um, I think that's super, super beautiful. What is your message to Black men right now, to your, to your brothers? Hug yourself. Hug yourself. Like, as I say that, I was literally doing it, and I didn't mean to be. I honestly think... Um, I don't even know. Like, I feel like I'm getting emotional thinking about this. I, oh man, I don't know. Like, I want to say what I'm thinking, but I'm scared it's going to be in vain, but I'm going to say it in faith that it won't. We need to love each other and we need to not be afraid to love each other. And we need to not be afraid to break barriers that we have put up for so many years. And granted, we were, you know, um, the way the system was created obviously has everything to do with how we got to how we are. But we are where we are now. And uh, we are responsible for our own healing. And so with that being said, we need to love each other. You know, I just got off the phone with one of my friends and I made it. I was not playing. I was not going to get off that phone call without telling him I love you. You know, um, I was just thinking earlier today just about people who I don't say I love you to. We don't say I love you who we should. You know, um, my dad has never been a person to say I love you very often. But he said it more in the last couple of years than usual. And I would just say, my message to the black man is just, yo, like, don't be like, be intentional about loving you um, first and foremost, because the way how this world is, if you don't love you well, you may not realize that you may not realize it's easy to get caught up as a black man in everything happening and how they want you to be seen and projected that you don't, that you treat yourself the way that they treat you. So set the standard for you first for the love, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I've had some tough moments where I've told someone, hey, like, you know, don't say this to me or don't don't call me this or don't say that. And like, I can't believe I'm about to share this with you publicly, but I actually was talking to a couple of my different friends lately and I was telling them, basically, lately I have been asking people to stop calling me Young King. Stop calling me Young King. 
And it's made, it's been a little awkward conversation. I told him, I said, the reason why I want to be stopped calling, I want to, I don't want to be called young King any longer is because let's just call each other King. If you want to call each other King, let's call each other King. Because one thing within the black African-American male community is we always are trying to remain boys. And I feel like we do it unintentionally. Every, you know, and it's like, I know some people are no, we're just trying to stay young, but that's the problem. We need to grow up because they've always tried to make us be young, you know, and we, we, we glorify rappers and, and athletes. And both of those people are typically people who do young minded type stuff. No offense to people like that. And I'm like, we need to be men. And I think in our words, we create something more than we think. It's like, well, bro, no, but young king, no, bro, let's just be king. How many white people say young anything to each other? It's gentlemen, sir. They talk to each other with a certain way. Why do we try to, in trying to be cool, we actually are, 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 are minimizing ourselves. And I'm like, I'm not, I have to take an account for that for me because I understand the power of words. I speak life over people all the time. I know what words can do. So since I'm trying to level up and I want to make sure that uh, I see myself in the mirror as the right thing in this crazy world we live in right now, then I have to make sure that the people closest to me understand what like what i'm trying to accomplish which means i have to ask them you know hey yo like please respect who i'm trying to become and what i'm trying to properly manage here because there is a a, there is spiritual warfare constantly happening within the mind of how we view ourselves especially in today's society as african americans and so all in all i just think black men like show each other love and, and and give each other the respect um, that we need to give each other as as kings, as royalty, as like 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 we're of a certain uh, statue and standard. Like not like we got to be above anyone, but like let's be mindful. Like everything that's cool ain't really cool, you know. What I mean, some things some things that culture make you know the standard is not really a standard. It's something we need to kill. But at this point, it's so awkward to stop doing that. And it's like, well, we're gonna have to get for me. We're gonna have to get awkward. Because for my own well-being, for who I'm trying to become, where I'm trying to go, which feels even harder in 2020 than it felt before, this is what we're going to need. And I just, you know, need like-minded people around me who want to respect that. So, yeah. This is all good stuff, man. All very, very good stuff. And you are right. It's a whole different conversation that we should have because you're saying some really good stuff, especially about words and the power of words and we got to understand. I don't care if you think it's spiritual, spooky, whatever. It ain't that deep. It is. Words are seeds. And when they come out of our mouths, once they come out of our mouths, they are planted, period. And the more we, we plant these seeds, the more they grow. And we have got to be better stewards over what we are planting. We have got to be better with the words that we are speaking. Um, when we are, we are literally casting spells. I don't want to sound spooky, but that's literally what's happening when we are speaking and writing, speaking and writing. Yeah. Let's yeah. be careful about what we're saying to each other. What we're calling each other. I got, I got to throw these two out there because I, I, I forgot them. Like another two was like, we call each other kid and boy. I'm guilty of some of these. And I was just thinking about all that. And I, was, I, w- I wasn't tripping about it until I was like, you know, don't know how the culture do that. But us. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah that could yeah. go a whole other way. It can, <laughs> it can, it can. Especially when you said how we end up treating ourselves the way they treat us, right? They, they've put us down so long. We end up believing that crap and 
And that is why we have, you know, our internal issues in our community. So yeah, I love all that you said. My last question is this, what can your sisters do to uplift y'all right now to encourage y'all and love on y'all more? How can we support you right now? Hmm. You know, honestly, um, and this, this is a very, this is just from experience and just from conversation with other males, I just would love to see more African-American women encouraging African-American men in private. Um, I feel like I, you know, just once again, not just speaking from my opinion, conversations I've actually had recently with fellas. Um, I was asking a group of guys, because um, I've been doing this, I don't know if you've seen it, but like this little small group date night type thing. And I was asking some guy. I was like, uh, have you guys ever had a girlfriend that called you like king in y'all relationship? And everyone was like, nah, never experienced that. Like having, we've all seen statuses of these things, but we like Twitter, Facebook, never experienced it in a relationship with someone. And um, I feel like outside of you, I've had you before, but outside of you, I don't think I've ever had anyone personally reach out to me. And if I'm wrong, Lord, forgive me for that. So I think, I think what I'm seeing in today's culture is I see more African-American women that are being more uh, vocal about it publicly. But I think it would be great if, um, if you're somebody who does it publicly or has it in your mind to do it, just make sure you're doing it on a micro level with your brother, with your dad, with your, your male friends, because I, I think that it's like you're thinking about it. You're considering it. You're reading the post about it. But just take that one last step and just shoot that text and don't worry about the awkwardness. Don't worry about the, oh, we've never done this before. Hey, listen, guys, we are in new territory, period. <laughs> we're like, none of, none of us have done any of this before. We ain't never walked around wearing masks before. It's okay. We got to get used to doing new things, okay? Yeah. We got to get used to doing new things. It's time to peel back some layers of the heart because you never know who's going to still be here, who's not at this point. And I'm going to tell you right now, if, if anybody acting like they don't need it, they lying. We all need it. We all can use it. Shoot that encouragement to us, please. You know that we be, we be acting like we fine. We don't be fine. We don't be, we be the farthest thing from fine. And um, yeah, just, just in private, you know, I think that's what I would say uh, to my, to my sisters. Like, you know, show us love in private if you can. That would be a blessing. That is so, so good. Oh my goodness. It's nice to get it from the public level. It's nice to see the memes, the posts, the the videos or whatever, but it's even nicer when it's personal. So yeah, I, I love that you mm-hmm. said that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for for taking a moment out of your busy, busy schedule. No, this was a super last minute request. So I appreciate you um, sharing with us, being vulnerable and transparent. I am encouraged and I know that so many more will be from hearing this. So I love you. We love you. We got you. And we will for sure get through this together. I'm hopeful of that. Amen. My next guest is Timothy Drisdom of Salt Lake City, who is the music director and worship leader for the Point Church, as well as the athletic director for Intermountain Christian School. Let's check in with him. Welcome to Shades of Brown, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you? Good. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good considering all things. Um, wanted to take a yeah. minute to create space to just check in with my guys. So with all this happening, like literally the most is going on, like the absolute most is going on. How are you really doing? 
That is a great question. Um, how are you really doing? Um, I am doing better than I once was. I think the, obviously the Ahmaud Arbery situation and the George Floyd, those two incidents with Breonna Taylor as well, those were the moments, you know, I, I guess when they first happened, those were kind of, I guess, the darkest moments for me. And it's not that I've gotten over any of it. Um, I've just been better at managing, I guess, the pain, the frustration. At the same time, trying not to ignore the fact that most of the time I'm not great, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How have you been managing? What are your coping methods right now? Um, you know, I was I was just talking to somebody the, uh, the other day and. I think part of of managing is the fact that I have to in so many different spaces. It's, it's not like I have a, a ton of choices. I don't get to as as a believer, as a man of faith, um, as a father, I don't really have the options that everybody else has. And so um, I take that very seriously, the, the, the responsibility of parenting, the responsibility that I have um, as, as a, you know, as a person of faith and that platform, I take that very seriously. And I know that part of what makes us tick is our faith. And so I really don't have the option to not manage well and to not, it, it, and it's, it's a weird balance because you don't want to be fake and you don't want to seem like you have it all together Yeah. Um, because that's what we've been conditioned to do for so long. Right. So I don't have the option, but I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out the balance. I think that's why I'm, that's probably more the reason why I'm a little bit better than I was before. Yeah. Figuring out that balance is tricky. You just mentioned the whole parenting thing, what have you been telling your kids? You have a lot of boys, like you're raising black boys. I know you also have a baby girl too, but specifically with your boys, what have you been telling them? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I think I, I had opportunity to be a part of um, an interview similar to this, but a little bit, uh, they were putting, it was more like a production almost um, where they were just trying to get our thoughts and feelings and things like that. And I had a chance to do that with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very, with my oldest son and it wasn't planned. He didn't plan to do it. Like we had to like find him a hat the last minute. His hair wasn't, you know, cut and like that. But he got on the, like before the thing actually started, he didn't really, say, he didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden when the camera went on and they asked him a question, like it almost like took me by surprise how he was even feeling. Like I didn't even know he had any thoughts about it. I didn't know that he had feelings about it. It was just like, whoa. And I think the biggest thing for him is, it's like, it's just not fair. And, and that breaks my heart because there's a lot of things that you, that you deal with, a lot of hardships that you, that you put up with. But when you're dealing with something where like, you just don't, it's not even a fair fight, right? It's just not even a, and for him to notice that at, at the age of 12, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tricky. And so that was a few months back. Um, a couple of days ago, we were in the car and uh, we just kind of went through some protocols. That was the first time we ever did that right in the car. We spent a ton of time together. He's playing basketball. And so it's just me and him a lot. Um, and I was told, Hey, if this, if we get pulled over, here's what you do. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what we're saying. You know what I mean? It, it's all of that. And he's 12 and you know, that is that is a conversation. My two younger boys are they don't necessarily get it. And so I'm just trying to shield them away from it as, as long as possible. So, yeah, I am like literally keeping the tears back because I can't imagine 
one, navigating my own life as a Black man, but then having to see the innocence being stripped from my child. I, I can't imagine navigating that. That is, that is just, ugh, it's, it's awful. It's awful. What are the things you do to, to find happy moments in the midst of the chaos? Is it, is it reading? Is it therapy? Is it ball? Is it music? Like, what is it for you that you just kind of get away from it all? The thing that helps me the most is honesty. Like my ability to, or my choice to, um, to be honest about how I feel. Um, for so long and for most, like everybody is used to me always um, being positive, um, being the like voice of reason, the voice of hope, the voice of, all right, we're going to be all right. Um, and just being able to say, you know what, today, not so good. And, um, and, and then to have people who I can reach out to that I can say that I'm not doing good. Um, and they don't necessarily try to solve the problem, but they're just available to listen, you know? Um, and so being able to have those type of people in our, in my life, in my circle, um, is a big deal. Obviously physical exercise is, is very good. <laughs> um, for me, it takes a lot of stress. It kind of takes the edge off a little bit. And I've been blessed to, to have a really, really, really good relationship with my brothers and so um, spending time that way uh, around other black men who who are close to me, but who also feel the same ways. And we all handle things differently. But just to be able to come together and and just chill and be vulnerable is really, really helpful. Oh, that's so amazing, Tim. Yeah, I first love that you have a strong support system around you with other brothers around you. And I love that you said that. I know you personally. So what you're saying means a ton more to me because you are the funny guy, the go-to guy. Um, when everyone's down, Tim is the one that lifts them up. You are the epitome of who they're talking about and that mean when it says check on your strong friends. And for me now it's check on your funny friends. That's why I text you recently. Like, let me start checking on my funny yeah. friends. Let me start checking on my funny friends because all this comedy a lot of times is 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 um is a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just in general for us as black folks, comedy is healing, you know? Like that is what we do. Yeah. We we laugh to keep from crying, you know. So I love that yeah. you are doing these things that allow you to release, to relax, to regroup, because it is just very, very, very difficult right now. And it's crazy because, like, I don't know what it what is so different about this year. I, I have some ideas, but I don't know why this particular time when it comes to all the injustice. I don't know why this particular time is struck so differently, but it's like literally everybody is feeling it, you know? And yeah. I just wanted to like, you know, check in. Cause it's like, yeah, we're all going through as black folks, but black men, I know you guys have a, a different, a different struggle. Um, so yeah. what is your message to other brothers, to other black men right now? Um, be vulnerable. That's, that is, um, Number one. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure people have heard it, but uh, it's worth saying again, it is okay to not be okay. Um, it, it is not a sign of weakness to show 
emotions to be emotional. Doesn't mean you have to cry. Doesn't mean you, you know, because everybody does it differently. But you do not have to accept the challenge of being the macho man. And I think that once we, once we figured, I, I feel like for for men, but especially for black men, that's kind of like the root of some of our issues. Um, whether it's insecurity, whatever it is, like that's that's the root of our issues with each other, because we all just want the next guy to make like we want that we want to make sure they see a man we want to make sure that you know what i mean and i think it's just kind of time out and let's all flex vulnerability together you know what i mean let's all yes yes let's flex really like being honest together you know what i mean like let's flex those things because those are the things that make us strong those are the things um, that's a strong, that's, that makes a really strong man, a man who's able to say, you know what, I don't have it all figured out. And right now it's a moment of weakness. Um, let's not frown on accountability. I know we like, I know I grew up like hating that word. Let's not frown on that word. Um, obviously it's a, it's a tricky thing, right? Accountability is like you, it's got to be trust both ways and all of that. And, and it's just, we live in a world where you can't trust anybody, but go above and beyond and find relationships where you can be accountable, where you can be honest, where you can be vulnerable and really run from the relationships where you can't. Cause at this point, those are going to suck the life out of you. So. Yeah. Oh man. That's so good. So, 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 so good. What can we as your sisters do to hold you up and to hold up other brothers right now in this really tricky and trying time? Um, if I'm, if, if I can continue to, I guess, be honest, um, you guys are, you guys have always done it and you guys have been doing it. I don't think, obviously, you know, I, I don't think that you guys have gotten enough credit for what you are and, and what you've been. Um, I think don't get discouraged probably is what I would say. You don't have to try any harder than you always have. You don't have to do any more than you always done. I think right now, Accept the fact that you're going to encounter probably what you've been looking for in in men and in you know like them embracing you and and celebrating you. Like there's gonna be a lot more of that. Accept that. Don't tell us that it's about time and it took y'all long enough. Just just let it happen. Let it be what it's gonna be. Because I know the temptation. Everybody like man. So really that that's what it that's what it took us dying in the street for y'all to realize how strong we are. That's, like just fight the temptation to to do that because because we're coming around we're coming just be patient <laughs> like you've been <laughs> I, already Yo, know. I already know <laughs> i asked him what can we do as women but he answered as if i asked what can i do because he ain't he ain't slick <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm talking to the one that's talking to me. I feel like I'm just talking to the one that's talking to me, and I and I feel like I'm helping a lot of people just like you. I really do. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a good I'm job. Weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. Like, <laughs> oh, child. Oh man, this is this is good stuff. No, seriously, I'm laughing, but I'm really moved because yeah, it's yeah, all of what you're saying is true. All of what you're saying is true. I agree with it all. So thank you for that. Thank you for affirming black women yeah. in that way. That is much appreciated coming from our brother. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for taking a few moments of your busy, 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 busy day to come on to Shades of Brown and share with us um, how you're really doing. And thank you for your transparency and your honesty and your vulnerability. And thank you for telling Black men to be vulnerable. I love all of what you said. I, I just, I, I really appreciate it. And it's something different coming from another Black man. You know, Black women can say these things to our brothers so often, but it's something about man to man. It is received differently. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, we love you, and we got you. I love you, too, and whoever else we are. But I love you, I know you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, whoever else we are. But I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> that you give me to, <laughs> to come hang out. Um, you can delete this if you want no. to. I also want to say that I'm very proud of you, and I'm very, uh, it's, it's very dope that you that you have taken something that's really hard, honestly, and, and it's a vulnerable space to be in, to let people in. Cause you're really, I mean, as you're interviewing people, but you're also letting people into who you are. So I'm proud of you for taking that step and it's helping a lot of people. So I wanted to tell you that. Thank you, Bronco. <laughs> Already. <laughs> I'm saving my money cause you're not, you don't live here no more. <laughs> my next guest is Napoleon Barnes Jr. of Dallas, Texas, who is a pastor and worship leader at Word of Truth Family Church, as well as a writer, public speaker, artist, and author. Let's check in with him. Welcome to Shades of Brown, Napoleon. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I had to call you Napoleon so people know your name, but I call you Polo, so that's what I'll be saying. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just wanted to, to give um, some space for my Black brothers to have a moment to just share your truth. Um, it has been a crazy year. It has been one of the craziest years we've ever experienced. Um, so I just want to check in. How are you really doing? You know, I like the way that you um, framed that question because so many times we are asked, how are you? And people really don't care to know the details. Um, so I like how you asked that. Um, truthfully, I am stressed. Truthfully, I am stressed. Um, there are so many concerns that I have. There are so many emotions that I'm dealing with. Um, I've never felt my mind under so much pressure at one time, if I can be honest with you. Um, trying to balance between being a Christian, being a black man, being a pastor or a public figure, and then trying to um, get my emotions intact before I speak out to other people because now what I say impacts others. So if I speak from a place of just frustration alone, I may then encourage more frustration on others. So it's so, oh my, it's so many things that I'm trying to balance and it is stressing me out, to be honest. Yeah, I, I understand that this amount of stress I, I've never experienced before. And I'm like, this cannot be healthy. This cannot be healthy. And to be quite honest, I'm afraid of what this particular time will mean for us years to come what it will mean for our mental health, what it will mean for our mental health, for our physical health, because stress leads to so many other things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, come on, like, 
come on, we have been contending and we have been praying and fasting. You got to say something. What is that? What it, have you, have you found some sort of balance with that, with being um, a, a person of faith, but also being a leader in the church, being a pastor? Um, have you found some sort of balance with your blackness and Christianity in this particular time? Wow. Um, the balance. Yeah. Um, I think I am just learning to unapologetically be a black Christian. I have taken off this pressure of trying to appease and please other groups of people that are still of the faith. Um, because for so long, I would be more, I don't want to say afraid, but maybe more timid, more slow to speak, because I wouldn't want to offend my white Christian friends. And I wouldn't want to mess up an opportunity of me being able to go minister here and there. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not holding back. I'm going to speak my truth. I can still speak that truth in love. I can still speak it from a place that could hear an opposing view. But however, I will not be silent in this season. Yeah. And so um, when my black fists go up, my black fists go up. And then I may put a Bible in that hand. And so I got the Bible one time and then I got the fist one time. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay yeah. with anyone who don't like that. I'm okay yeah. with that. So that's yeah. my balance. I love that so much. Oh, I love that so much because it it has been frustrating to watch so many in our black community have to set aside their blackness for the sake of opportunity, for the sake of um, community, for the sake of camaraderie, whatever it is, acceptance. It, it, it's been sad because, like you said, so many of us have now had all these amazing opportunities to come our way, but it's, it, there's been an expense to it. Um, so I love that you're saying that I am both black and Christian, period. <laughs> um, so... Yes. In this time of stress, what, what have you been doing to decompress, to relax your mind, to be at peace? What's your method of coping right now? Wow. Now, this is going to seem really funny to many people because they're not going to probably believe me. But my favorite season is fall. So what I have done is I have fast forward the time for me. I know we are still in the summer. I know that it is 105 degrees out here in Texas right now. It is depressing, okay? Um, but since fall is my season, I already have pumpkins up. I have my fall scents and my, my fall smells going on right now. And my house is cold. And when I sit on my couch, I, it feels like sweater weather. You understand? Like, I have the, the throws. I, I am playing my fall type movies and for me what it really did is so funny but it's really my truth i have shifted forward mm -hmm. into a season that brings me joy ah. and so and so i had to mentally take myself to a place that we have not yet arrived and biblically that's true you know you have to all you have to see things before it comes right and you have to put yourself in a place where you can think on positive things. So now I'm thinking about pumpkins. I don't even like pumpkin spice, but the smell of it now makes me happy. I walk through Hobby Lobby. 
Listen, I'm not playing with y'all. I'm looking at Christmas trees. I have left the summer of 2020 and I am living my best life wearing flannels, jean jackets, <laughs> and drinking my coffee with 105 degrees outside. <laughs> As I sip. Oh, I love that so much. That is, he's like, listen, y'all gonna get this black boy joy, okay? <laughs> like, what? I love it. <laughs> For real. I saw you. I saw you post. I saw you post about this about a month ago. I did not realize how serious you were, um, but it seems like you have oh, committed. <laughs> oh, it's real. I have candles right now. I have a marshmallow fireside lit as I'm speaking to you right now. And it has put me in the best mood possible. <laughs> I love Listen, that. Listen, to anyone oh who's listening right now, you better shift your mindset forward to a place that brings you joy because there are such things as seasonal depression. And that's a real turn. That's something that's real. So for me, if there is seasonal depression, there has to be a season that brings you joy. And so I have shifted and I have left all you Negroes in summer <laughs> and that's fine. Y'all can be in the pool. I can't swim. So the pool does, it does me no good. I am worried about the fall. I'm worried about leaves. And in Texas, they go from green to just brown. We don't get a red, we don't get a yellow, we don't get an orange. We get green, brown. That's it. <laughs> I am so weak. Oh, I'm so weak. <laughs> man but that's it's a word in there listen polo you preaching it's a word in there if there is seasonal depression there's got to be a season of joy somewhere listen yes. shift huh yes. touch your neighbor and say shift shift <laughs> come on i felt that one yeah yeah um that's good though i love that i love when any of any of us just say okay what will bring me joy now I'm not going to wait on it to appear. I'm not going to wait on it to just magically manifest. No, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> Where is it at? I'm going to find it. Yes. I love that so much. And I think that's so encouraging for anyone listening um, to go find your joy. Because because what 2020 is showing us is that the chaos ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like the chaos. I mean, nowhere. It's going nowhere. I mean, the chaos is going from glory to glory. Like it's like it's for it's forever. It's forever increasing. It's like yo, it's crazy out here in these streets. So we've got to not wait on time to 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 settle down. No, no, no. Go find your joy now, even in the middle of confusion and chaos and ridiculous current events. Like, go find your joy. So that's so that is so awesome to hear. It's funny, hilarious. Um, pumpkin, pumpkins in hot Texas. That is hilarious. But I, I love that. Um, when it comes to your e emotions and how you deal with it, do you do you talk it out? Do you go to therapy? Do you play ball? Or I know I know you um, are both a former ball player and also a current musician. Is it music that is therapy for you? Do you just talk what movies, bowling? Well, I know we're in Corona, so we can't really do much. Uh, what is the activity you do that that, that gives you joy? <laughs> Wow, um, this is a great question because most of the activities that would bring me joy has shut down. Mm -hmm. I love to bowl, so I can't bowl right now. You know, they open the lanes, but I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going to see a movie is so much better than watching Netflix and Hulu because it's the experience of 
smelling that fattening popcorn and that Coke that is just so, it's just that experience. So I had to pivot um, a lot in this season. And so one of the things that I have really enjoyed doing is just sitting down, lighting a candle and listening to music, listening to any type of music, whether it is old school R&B, whether it is um, some smooth gospel whether it's just worship time, I do that. Um, you know, I'm a Crimson Tide roll fan, uh, roll tide all day. So yeah, I go back and look at some of the old videos of Alabama winning different games. Yeah, um, I do like conversations, but unfortunately, I haven't really had the opportunity to have the best conversations because I'm working so much. Mm-hmm. So honestly, silence is really, really good for me right now. And I feel like so many times we are afraid of silence. Um, When you look at Psalms 23, he basically says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. In this season, God has made us take a break. You didn't have a choice. You had to take a break. You can't go nowhere. You're at home. You know, he leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. What God was showing me was that there's always clarity um, after calming. So God will calm things to bring you clarity. And so in this season, I found more joy, kind of like chilling out and just really relaxing. So those are my things that I do to cope right now. That, that is incredible. I love that so much. It's something really beautiful about just sitting in silence. And again, I do agree. We, I think we're scared of that because silence makes us go into our mind and hear our thoughts. And sometimes we don't like that. Mm-hmm. it's power in that though so yeah I love that you said that what is your message to other black men right now wow um, hold on brothers um, make wise decisions don't forget how great you are and that if we weren't as great as we are we would not be fought as much as we are being fought Um, The enemy wants to kill us, to steal us and destroy us. You know, um, John 10, 10, the enemy's job has not changed. So therefore, it must be great value inside of us if the enemy wants to kill us that bad. And if people want to justify killing us that bad, it must be something powerful locked inside of us. And what we cannot do is become weary in our well-doing. We cannot become weary while we're still trying to find and our purpose, become fathers, being husbands, I mean, working in the career place. We have, we have come a long way and we're powerful individuals to the point where a black man was president. Now we have a black woman who's a VP. I mean, we have literally came a long way and the enemy is mad about that. So brothers, stay strong, understand you have great value. And because of that value, the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. But here's the thing. We have a greater one that lives on the inside of us. And listen, he is strong. He is mighty. And he will fight on our behalf. We just got to hold on. Yes. Ah, that's so incredible. So incredible. That's a whole word. How can we as your sisters hold you guys up in this moment? How can we support our black men right now? Mm, This is so good, man. Because it's such a tricky time, you know, like so many times, man, I just wish that I could just 
really just go and hug some of my some of my sisters. Like, you know, literally not from the I like you place. It's just something about the, the warmth of embrace, and especially if your love language is touch. Um, touch is not always talking about a perverse touch. It's literally like just reaching out, connecting. Yeah. But here we are in this climate where we have to be socially distanced from each other. So now I can't even get the embrace that I would love to have yeah. right now from the mothers, from the sisters. But what I can say is um, just the fact of you all just checking in, just the fact of you all sending a message of saying, you know, I'm proud of you, you know, keep going. Those things mean so much coming from a sister. Um, I'm not trying to say that if a white person sent me the text or a white woman sent me text, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's nice and it's no shit when I say that, but it's something about when a sister who knows what you go through, who understands the climate, who understands the heartaches, who understands what you're really facing day in and day out, when she encourages you from that place of knowledge, from that place of wisdom and understanding, it means way more. And so I just think just reaching out to your brothers and just letting them know that you're there for them and just um, encouraging them just via text or a call, it just means a lot. Mm. Awesome. I'm taking note and I will for sure keep that in mind and make sure I am doing my part, you know, checking in with my brothers and loving on you guys. Thank you so much for uh, sharing this time with me, for coming on to 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 encourage us all, not just black men, but you didn't preach the word, Polo. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, and I share the same with you. Um, please stay strong, but not in the way that you can't be weak. Because even in that, there's strength in being vulnerable. Um, so mm. I, I encourage you to continue living authentically, to continue living unapologetically. Um, there's beauty in that, and there is um, great reward in that. So I'm, I'm happy for all that's happening with you. And um, I'm happy for the encouragement that everyone else will get from hearing what you just said. So I love you. We love you. We got you. And we are going to get through this together. <laughs> I love you more. Thank you so much. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode. You know, I found it interesting when I initially asked the guys how they're doing, you know, just the just my normal greeting, you know. Um, they were like, yeah, I'm good. And then when I asked them how they're really doing, how it shifted. And I think there's a lesson in that, that we should take more time to truly, to truly check on those around us, you know to make sure they're really good. And if not, to create the space for them to just be, to create a listening space, a safe space, a comforting space. So yeah, I hope we're all encouraged to lift up and love on our brothers a little bit more. All right, y'all, black folks, especially my black brothers, please, 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 please know you are enough. No matter what this raggedy world will tell you, no matter how this raggedy world will treat you, you are enough and your creation is so incredibly divine. And I love me some you. So until the next episode, be healthy, be whole, be healed. Mm -hmm.